0: Hey, listeners, what's going on? This is your man, Jason Miles of Real Estate 360, and I am here with my man, my ace, boom, cool Captain
1: Steve Conda. What's up, Steve? Oh, man, I got a promotion. <laughs> All right. I'm a captain now. All right. That's right. That's pretty cool. That's right. So, and what are we going to what, real Steve, state, today? Right?
0: We're, we're going to talk about what I like to do. To think of, or to call like the foundation, you know, in the season that we're in, you know, this is a time where people can take whatever skills they had and accentuate, them, find out ways to do things and to better their business. Or if they haven't done anything, it I find that it's extremely, uh, it's an extremely positive way to learn when the economic conditions are not on your side, right? Because that's where the creativity oh, yeah. comes from. That's where it comes from, and and most people and you know what? don't want to do that. They want to learn when all is great, and that's not
1: really learning. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, I've always found out that when everything was going well, I didn't learn anything.
2: Mm-mm.
1: But just kind of go when things close. went when yeah, exactly. You're not learning anything. You know, you're just doing your program. But when things go, you know, a little off, and things go horribly, you know, wrong. Or you know just just mediocre, then that's when I start to learn a lot, whether I want to or not, you know. And usually, you know, I'm not out there trying to learn stuff. Well, I'm always you know digging in to try to find something else to learn. But um, you know, a lot of those things just come at you, and you and you're forced down that rabbit hole of learning more stuff. And I don't, I can't think of any businesses really that are out there right now that cannot be improved upon in some way. I, I agree. Uh,
0: I sit back, Steve, and I, um, I look at what we're doing, you know, on a daily basis, and you know, for some businesses, going through the pandemic was good for them, and for others, it was, you know, a horrific experience. And we felt a lot of the pain, being you know property owners through the pandemic. Now on the single family side, yeah, everything went flew off the shelves. Everything you know didn't matter if it was wholesale or retail; it literally flew off the shelves. um Things you know, multifamily on the other side, you know, was a lot more difficult for the small to medium um, sized owners. You know, and when I say size, I mean you know, people that had maybe, you know, the mom and pops that have, you know, one apartment building and, you know, a five unit, a 10 unit, you know, they had a very difficult time. Uh, You've had uh, people that would have, you know, 100 or 200 or 300 units that if they weren't in the A-class space had a very difficult time or or the B-plus space had a very difficult time because of the, you know, the rent moratorium and so there was no relief for for property owners in that space no relief whatsoever it just had to hopefully have an understanding with their lenders i say all that to say that it's in those situations that people whether they lost their properties or or went through all of their money that was a learning experience to say okay How do we refine this process? What do we need to do differently moving forward in our business so that this doesn't affect us in the same way in the event that we have another pandemic or another breakout or or another whatever negative in in the marketplace that could happen,
1: right? So- Exactly, you know what? There's always at some point going to be some big event of some sort that is going to affect a lot of businesses. It may or may not be the real estate business it it might be, you know, restaurants, it might be retail, it might be wholesale, it might be supply chain issues, it might be whatever it is. So these things that happen are always good, you know, because they hone our skills and our awareness of what could happen. And Hey, if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. That's the thinking, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's all right. that that is some people thing. may have passed away at this the last little thing that we had here but yeah. I, be, I bet you they're coming back stronger somewhere somehow
0: well there's no question about it i mean <clears throat> as as you talk a lot about you know there's an energy to all of this there's a frequency of vibration
2: and you can fight it which you can't win Or you can roll with it and figure, you
0: know, and figure it out from there, Uh, as we talked about in the very beginning a few minutes ago. You know, kind of going with the flow, right? Sometimes the flow is easy. You know, when I got involved in in the real estate industry, everything was going so it didn't matter who you were; everyone was able to make money in real estate. And I hesitate to call all those people investors, by the way, but people, almost anyone. Between probably 96 and, and well, well, really, since I'd say maybe 2001 and 2007, a- anybody, anybody could have made money in real estate. Anybody could have made. But, there, you know, when we had that yeah. shakeout, you know, the cream always rises to the top, right? So, and I call it a shakeout, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the stock market when things like that happen, it's a shakeout they're getting rid of all of the things that don't matter. All of the people, the companies, the processes, all that stuff comes and gets checked and it falls away. And the only thing is le- that's left are the strong. And the strong, that's right. well, you know, the cream will always rise to, the, rise to the top and those strong set the trends for what's coming. I'm not saying the trends that they set are the best, but it definitely, moves that industry forward and that's what we saw in 2007 that's what we're seeing right now in my opinion we're seeing a shakeout in
2: the industry you you don't see um uh your your regular joes
0: that are buying a house and going on a vacation because they were doing cash out purchases you know straw man purchases you're not seeing that stuff anymore because it it was really bad for the market. It, it, all it did was, I mean, it in it in it in and of itself is fraud. But um, you just don't see that anymore, and I and that's a, that's a good thing. You know, if people want to learn how to invest in real estate, they need to actually learn how to invest in real estate and what investing actually is, because investing isn't just you know putting this here and hoping you get a return. Investing requires plan. It requires thought, it requires processes. And unfortunately, a lot of people want a done for you model from my experience. What's your take on that? Right.
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. Um,
1: <laughs> I think that the label real estate investor is is way too broad. And a lot of guys, and, and hey, I, I've been a wholesaler forever. They are, wholesalers are really not real estate investors. They are really real estate arbitragers. Um, you know, people who buy and sell contracts, which is, is fine. And I've talked to a lot of wholesalers over the years because I like wholesalers, you know, I need them, I need them to help me move my product a lot of times and find product for me, you know, so that I can, you know, jump in without, with minimal effort. So they're great to have around, but a lot of them really don't know anything about real estate or very little. And that's okay because um, they're not really buying to hold as an investor. They're really focused in on the marketing and the acquisition of real estate contracts and the control of contracts and then turning those around. So let's, we could separate in our mind at least the difference between real estate investors, wholesalers, and then long-term investors, short-term investors. Uh, investors that only invest money or lenders or private lenders or hard money lenders that sort of thing and then those of course the one that most people think about when they think about real estate investing which is the buy fix and flips mm-hmm. that's that's the big category right there because that's what the lexicon of the industry puts out there constantly right you know? right it's the that's TV what a real estate show. investor is. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna buy Yeah, of course. The D yeah. but do it yourself.
0: Ironically that's that's the sector that is being or or there are local municipalities around the country that are focusing in on that sector, uh trying to reduce it. For you know, uh, if you listen to this show, you're familiar with me talking about what they're do, what they're at least attempting to do in California. Uh that actually vote goes up I think next month, September or October. But- um,
1: Remind I mean, me and educate the, the audience as to what that is. Yeah, so
0: what, what that is, They what they're attempting to do in the state of California is all, they're, they're going to tax real estate investors that are wanting to do fix and flips an, an additional 25%, 25%. Oh yeah, that's
1: a good idea. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: That's, I mean, another reason to
1: leave California. Exactly. I mean,
0: you, you know, you have a you have a city, or a state that already is high in taxes, and now, because they think the, the government, you know, the, the government thinks that prices are going up, rent is going up because of people that people in, in, in companies that are flipping real estate that are buying it, fixing it up, and putting it back on the market for a market value and that's simply not the case but by taxing them having another tax a 12, up to 25 percent tax is absolutely absurd and it, it will push people out of there it will take investment dollars out of there for shorter term investors now this this proposed bill it's a seven year thing and it goes down after the first three years or two to three years I believe it's 25 percent if you sell it in that first two or three years and then every year after that it goes down 5%. Down 5% till after the 7th year you're at your regular um at your regular tax rate. So those that additional capital gains tax at 25% will literally make companies and industry run away. And as a result of that, you will only have the people that are going to you'll only have the people that want to come in there and and be long term renters. You know, landlords. Yeah, that's just landlords. gonna
1: create it'll do exactly what we're doing
0: whole,
2: now.
1: I, it'll yeah, it'll,
0: it'll create more of what we're seeing now. It will create um higher rents because people won't be able yeah. to afford. We have a client right now, Steve, right now that is dying to do this deal in North Hollywood. Right? He's he's he is from Georgia, this investor, but he Spends a lot of time in California, and this the, the asking price. It's in North Hollywood. The asking price is one point one million. It needs two hundred thousand to renovate it, and it'll sell between one point six and one point eight on the open market today. It's twenty six hundred yeah. square feet on a busy street. By the way, I mean it's you sure, it's absurd. It's it's absolutely absurd, and you're you're not going to get in California the high end. At 1.8 million today. I mean, values there are coming down rapidly, you know. So you're pro- he's probably not going to make anything. I mean, if he if he got it sold at 1.5 or 1.6, and this is the rationale that some of these folks have, he believes that owning property and flipping property in California is some kind of notch on his belt. But if you took that exact same investment, in this case, up to 1.3 million dollars, and brought it to Georgia. You know, a place that's way more stable and values are way, way lower. Not even just here. You know, um North Florida, Central Florida, uh the Carolinas, um Nashville, Tennessee, and, and the surrounding areas there are great places uh to actually, you know, make these things happen. Great places to make them happen. And so, you know, just in just explaining to him, we can bring that money over to the southeast. There are so many other opportunities. I mean, you know, the potential for him to make maybe 60000 on on that deal over there. I mean, you think about it. If he was, if best case scenario was able to get $1.6 for that property, he's $1.3 in it, not counting holding cost and closing cost or points for that matter, not counting that. Uh, then there's the... You know, so immediately you're looking at maybe three hundred thousand there less those fees, and even if you got a loan at two points, two points on one on roughly a million bucks um that's twenty grand uh closing costs are gonna be at least ten grand at least, right so that's thirty thousand and then if you sold it for one point six, it's gonna cost six percent to sell it, so that's what sixty ninety that's another hundred and change, right. Maybe 110 grand. It's 140 thousand dollars, and whatever the cost to hold that property. I mean, even if he got a loan today at eight percent, which he wouldn't, he'd probably be somewhere between 10 and 11, maybe 12. uh, And with the interest rates having gone up like they are, but but giving the benefit of the doubt, saying he'd get it at 10. You know, that's if it took him, and it would take him about six months to do that renovation over there. Uh and it would probably take him six months from now, probably
2: two to three months to sell it. You know, that's another let's see if it was a ten percent loan on a million
0: bucks, that's a hundred thousand dollars. That's another seventy-five to eighty thousand dollars in holding right there. So we said he was at one forty or one fifty plus the 80,000, that's 230, there's a $300 cushion. It's a lot of money to put up to make $70,000 over a six to nine month period of time.
1: It's too much. I mean, we could, over here, we could do, I'm running a little program right now for single families and duplexes and triplexes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, with that kind of money, we could buy five or six houses, uh, that are off-market, that's the key thing, off-market, in pretty good shape and just turn around and resell them and make twenty to $30,000 on each house and do that and, well, I've done one in as little as a week and then, but let's say an average of 60 days, you know? So you could turn that uh, $1 000, uh, six times. Mm-hmm. And in six, house, five, let's say five houses turn it six times in, in a year. Uh, do the math on that. You know, it's going to be more than 60,000. I can tell you that. Yeah. And the risk will be significantly smaller because you get a chance to spread them all out all, all over the place. And then you're buying under market and you're in a market where it's basically still, thank goodness, you know. Uh, investor business oriented and friendly
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, for the most part. And uh, you know, the, but you know, it's creeping, creeping in where, you know, it's getting more and more difficult, but Hey, this is still Georgia. So we're, we're, we're good. Yeah. And, uh and the values are, are reasonable. People are still buying. So, I mean, I can't, can, you know, I could go on, but, yeah, but you it's get just, the idea,
0: you know, trying to make, People understand because you can't make anybody understand anything, and that's the value of having, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a coach or a mentor that you trust. Because, listen, you might make sixty or seventy thousand on that deal over there, and for a lot of people, that's like, hey, you know, that's more than people make um, in a year in a lot of places, which is absolutely true. But mm-hmm. if we did, like you said, we spread it out. Over five or six deals, you might not make sixty or seventy thousand on each deal. You may only make forty thousand on each deal, but you've got five or six deals. So with with See, the, the same leverage you had one before. Thing I,
1: so the, the, the raw numbers of it is, is, I don't renovate these.
0: Well, either either way, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? Because the, it doesn't the profit matter, margin right. is just the same. <laughs> you know, it, it might only be a thirty thousand dollar profit margin, but yeah when you look at the the money- the time would be maybe the same, maybe shorter, probably shorter, but just assume that the timing would be the same six months. you got to do all the work to leverage all this money to make sixty to seventy thousand over here. You come over here and you leverage the exact same amount of money. you maybe only make thirty thousand a deal, but you got five or six deals going on, and so if you got 6 deals going on, that's $180,000 in the same time period leveraging the exact same amount of money, you're just in a different ge- geographical place. You're making two times, two and a half times the money by just going
1: to where it makes sense.
0: Period point blank.
1: And you know I I will say, yeah, that that property in California is one of the few that does make some sense for california not for here right but those numbers in california work pretty good normally we don't see that kind of opportunity there and but now would i go over there and do that deal not likely why would i do that when i'm good right here yeah
0: and it's a a completely different market it's a market where people are leaving right the the diehard californians love it But the people are leaving. What's keeping you there? Is it the 52% taxes? (laughs) Is that keeping you there? No. Uh, uh, The cost is just too great. You have industry leaving there. It's just the cost to do business there is ridiculous. Look at what's going on in the movie industry alone. I mean, the the big studios are still headquartered there, and they still film there. But they're doing a lot of their filming in Canada, here in Georgia, uh, Louisiana. You know, look at, I mean, Georgia is absolutely the film filming capital of the East, no question about it, with the studios. and so, They shoot Marvel movies here, for God's sakes. They don't even shoot them in California. They shoot them right here in Fayetteville. Okay? So, That's right. Um, I mean, it just, just, just goes to show where, you know, even big money is thinking as it relates to that kind of thing. Contrast that. No, it's not in direct contrast. It's actually equal. Look at California. I mean, New York, excuse me. Uh, And what's going on there coming out of the pandemic, you know, people couldn't pay their rent. They're still, everybody's fighting for, you know, that whatever they're fighting for over there. People don't want to pay rent. And (laughs) the reason they don't want to pay rent is because coming out of the pandemic, when
2: people's uh, leases were up, some of them went up 40% the rent year over year 40%. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay?
0: Do you know what it takes for you to qualify for a rental property in um uh, in New York in the in the main five boroughs in particular. In Brooklyn and uh Brooklyn and Manhattan, we'll focus on those because those are the most expensive.
1: Uh I would guess you have to bring two uh Solid gold bullion bars. Pretty I much, put those down as a deposit. Pretty much, don't you have to make forty times the rent.
0: I'll put a link in, into there was a a, a a report that I was watching. I think it was NBC or ABC. I'll, I'll put a link. Let me let me jot that down. Uh, link to in,
1: so to, if you're renting a five thousand square five thousand dollar per month unit in New York then you need to make $800,000 a month
2: a year so well, it's 40 I, okay, so oh 40 times so 200,000 right yeah 200,000
0: okay. it's 40 times so you need if, if it's $5,000 in order for you to qualify that for that property you have to make 40 times that 5,000 which is $200,000 a year right to qualify for 5,000 if you don't make that much money and you have to go get a guarantor, the guarantor has to make 80 times the rent. <laughs> that is not a joke. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. Well, you know,
1: in a way it does, but you know, to, to pay sixty thousand a year, you really do need to make two hundred.
0: In New York you know? do because in New with York. state
1: and federal taxes there, it's
0: fifty-six point two percent. Okay, so fifty-six point two percent. If you don't, if you're a single person, right? You, meaning you don't have any children, you're not married, and you're a renter, okay? You have no tax write-offs. You don't have anything to write off. If that's the case, if you're that person, you're in New York. You're paying fifty-six point two percent in in combined state and federal income taxes. Fifty-six point two percent is absurd. So if you do make two hundred thousand dollars, which is why they want you to make forty times the rent there. So if you do make $200,000, $112,000 of it is gone in taxes. You're yeah. only keeping $88,000. Yeah, so... <laughs> and sixty
1: of that your... is going to pay the rent. And then, you know, there's going to be a certain number of uh, dollars that are going out for utilities because it gets, it gets cold in New York. Absolutely. You know, you're going to have to pay for some heat. And just, just to think about there, that for so... a second,
0: you can have a $200,000 a year job, career yeah and still barely make it in the state of new york if you want to live you're not in in manhattan or brooklyn now if you step out to queens you know if there's certain places there that are going to be more affordable easier to get in uh if you move completely out of the boroughs you know uh into smaller areas you still have to you're still going to have a train commute it's still going to take you an hour to get to work right so you know there are things that you have to consider in a place like new york like there's food deserts there you know a lot of people don't drive in new york so if you move to certain parts of brooklyn or to certain parts of queens you know you're gonna have to call an uber to get to, mm. to and from the grocery store if you're in manhattan you can walk there's little markets all over the place you know and even parts of brooklyn so there's we know. markets all over
1: the place but big time so we know that shopping, new york not gonna do it yeah we know that New York and California are probably the places we don't want to go. But you know, before we started this podcast, we were talking about what do businesses, how do they need to structure themselves? Yeah. Going, you know, maybe they've already done some of this, maybe they haven't done it, but that is really interesting to me. And I'd like to hear more about that from you.
0: Yeah. You so don't you, mind I, me. I, listen, you know, jump it that, in there. i I love. It. I love that you brought that back in. The, the reality of it is there too, Steve. That you know now is the time where we have to really, I believe, set the foundation. Talk about the things that really need to be done and the importance of those things. You know, I, I think of insurance, uh, for instance. And I know for some, it, it 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 can be a hindrance. But if you're healthy, right? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. If you're a healthy person, you need to have some. Life insurance. And there are life insurance products that can not be super super expensive, but can build, you know, you have a cash buildup in those things over time. You know, those are things that we're gonna talk about a lot during during this season, especially in this first month, right? This is the first episode of season three. Um here we are, what is it? September fifth. So all month, we're going to talk about insurance this month because it's that important and the different aspects of it from personal insurance and business insurance. And when I say business insurance, if you have a partnership with someone and your role is pretty important, like the business can't function without you, you, you should have key man insurance. You should have a key man insurance policy, right? And you sure should. it doesn't have to be an enormous amount of money, depending on what it is you do. But if you have assets that you're buying in, the, in that business, like you're buying houses to hold, businesses to hold, apartment buildings, things like that, you're buying assets, you want to make sure that those assets can be paid off. Because if something happens to you or your partner, even if you're writing it in your operating agreement or, or you know, assuming you're an LLC or your bylaws if you are a corporation, having it written in there about how things are gonna be divided, you may not want to work with that other person's spouse. If you know, if they can't pay yeah. you out or if you can't buy them out. You may not want to work with that person. That person may not know anything about the business or the industry that you're in. So you've got to give yourself a way out, whether you're buying them out or they're buying you out. And that's what key man insurance is all about. We're gonna talk about a lot of different things, but having that in place first primarily for your business and yourself those foundations are super super important super important and you got a lot of people out here steve that are you know talking about you know social media you know get rich by getting your uh, what do they call it uh you know building generational wealth through you know the insurance infinite banking is what they call it right and they make it sound really really simple and In fact, it can be, but there are so many different angles to that thing. You know, people get talked into doing them for their children, doing them for themselves, but they truly don't know the power of these things, right? And yet, you don't need to be a gazillionaire to start in these processes, right? You don't. But what you do have to have is an understanding of how it can benefit you. You know, putting a hundred or two hundred dollars away every month for your children in their education fund in one of those life insurance policies is super great, I mean, but there's other avenues that are there as well, right um you get a lot of benefit from using the insurance as opposed to a five twenty nine you know it's just a tax thing, really, right, and I'm not going to go into detail about that, but you should look at both and what works for you, maybe. You know, you got a, go- uh, what is it? Is it is it Goober's? What is that baby food? Gerber's? Gerber's. Maybe you have oh, Gerber, Gerber's yeah. life insurance policies with your children, right? Because they're they're big on that for the children. Maybe you have that and you don't want to do the other thing and you want to focus on the 529 because it gives you a tax benefit, you know, for the education fund from them. Maybe you make a bunch of money and you've got that education fund and you want to couple it with, these other larger insurance policies that are generating money, right? But then there's trusts that you can incorporate into that. There's after care, you know, that you can put into that. There's policies that you can get in the event that you're not dead, but you're incapacitated from working. You know, you're losing income because you can't go to work. There's insurance that you can have for that. You know, these are things that you really have to look at and you have to talk to a, a super professional about those things. But those are building blocks of a business. Those are the things that solidify your business and your financial security over time. And people just don't look at it. And I think it's crazy in our society, and I know I can see you've got something to say, Steve, and I wanna hear it, but I think it's crazy in our society that they force us to have car insurance, but we have to hold you know, GoFundMe pages and car washes and sell plates of food when somebody dies because they didn't have life insurance and now we have to go to the community to get you know five ten twenty dollars at a time so we can help pay for the burial costs of of our loved one you know i think those things should be mandatory and they don't cost that much i mean a a a a simple burial policy can cost you 20 30 a month it's the same as
2: yeah
0: it's the same as your renter's insurance if you're renting. If you have a, a, an apartment, they they make you. It's mandatory that you carry renter's insurance, which is $20, 25 $30 a month. Your, your life, at least your after expenses, aren't equally as important. I mean, nobody wants to die, but it's an inevitable thing. And why put such a financial burden on your loved ones and have them not only have to mourn you, but now think about, how we're gonna pay for this. I think that's selfish.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's selfish, but that's just my thinking. You were gonna say, Steve, I'm sorry? I'll get off my soapbox. Well, th-
1: that's all right. <laughs> this, is, this is your box, your soapbox. So um, these things you're talking about in the insurance is the key man and the unlimited banking are, uh, you didn't call it that, but it's uh, family banking, personal banking, private banking—a lot of different names for it with the insurance uh, base right. of it. These are all great. But then, even backing up from there, and you t- mentioned it, how do you? How are you set up with uh, your business itself? Are you a sole proprietorship? Probably not a good idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, LLC—you you probably should be an LLC or, or an S corporation, or maybe a C corporation, depending. And these are all things that are unique and special for every individual. Right. You know, it's not a one size fits all kind of a thing. You know, we all have different goals, objectives, assets, relationships that we need to, to think of. Um, situations, circumstances are all about. So when people ask me about, well, what are you doing for this and that and the other? I say it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It, it only matters, you know, what's going on in your life. And and how do you handle that over there for yourself? And uh, I know you're going to cover a lot of this in the real estate 360 program and the the podcast and the information that you put out, which is fantastic, by the way. And thank you uh, you for that. Um, Thank you. So that's all I wanted to say. Was just kind of backing up a little bit into the foundational part of setting up your business.
0: Also part of that foundation, Steve, and you know, it's something you've been doing for, you know, a, a long time. It's something that I think all of us are at least a little familiar with. I mean, I, you know, and that's understanding, being having the ability to step back from a thing, right? Having an understanding about a, a universal vibration. Uh, you can obviously... Mm-hmm explain it better than me but up to very recently i'd say what the last couple of months uh, two or three months uh my experience was it with it was the secret you know the movie and the book that was it right and that was my level of understanding but in working with you and talking with you and doing a lot of the research that i've been doing as i'm working with you these things are so profound and and if you incorporate them into your life even when things aren't going the way you want them to go it puts you in a place of peace which is where you
1: need my to be my question is yeah my question is does everything always go the way you want it to go or is it more like hardly anything goes exactly the way I want it to go mm-hmm. <laughs> you know That's it's pretty like, much it right there most of the time and, you know, I love uh, like Stargate. I like sci-fi. And so Colonel Jack O'Neill always says, if you don't have a plan B, you don't have a plan, hmm. which means plan A isn't going to work. You know, just get ready for that. Yeah. And uh, and you don't have to have a plan B, but you just have to be able to pivot. That's all. Right. Just so, pivot. So what, what do you call it? I mean, you know,
0: you have a book you have a platform it's about belief and you talk about these things you talk about uh, to me it kind of centers you you know i mean can you kind of yeah. elaborate a little bit on on that i don't want to butcher it well I, I, and
1: i don't want to take over your podcast either no, you know? no i
0: don't I, it's not that but it's the it's the processes that are associated well the processes that you teach the the thought patterns yeah. the you know or, or just being able to manifest a feeling, not not even people and things, which right. is all the same, but just that process there. Having an understanding of that in your life when things get hectic, because they're always hectic, and it's I know our our perception of it, you know, it's how we're perceiving it, and that how, how we perceive it is a reflection of what's going on within us. But we get to dictate what goes
1: on within us. And that is exactly. where the
0: power is
1: well here's what here's where most people get it get a little mixed up, and it's so easy to get mixed up with this because, as Einstein said, everything that we see is an illusion. I'll bet a very persistent one, so it's easy to get caught up in this illusion. so what matters is how do we react to the illusion Mm. and so how do we manifest so we manifest by thinking the feeling and it shows up but we don't know that most people don't know that so what they do is they look out there and they say they see all this stuff and they focus in on things that that they don't like and they try to fix them well you can't do that you can't fix a problem it's like Oh, my hair's all messed up. And you're looking in the mirror right there. You're saying, oh, let me try to fix my hair in this mirror. Well, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You have to fix your hair right here, right there, right? And then it reflects back. So where people get mixed up is they look out there, they react, and they don't exercise their responsibility. Now I don't mean responsibility and as a way most people think about it. It's your ability to respond, mm. response mm. ability. So you exercise your response ability to look at things that don't, that show up you don't like. You say, "Oh, I don't, I don't like that," or "Oh, look, there's that thing again." Oh, look at that. How about that? And then you kind of laugh at it, and then you say, "Okay." reflection what do i want boom i'm over here on this and then so you're in here now you're you're fixing your hair in here and you're saying oh you know what i really want not that it's this this is what i want right mm-hmm. there this feels way better and now you're feeling better and guess what now you're feeling and your thought manifest now you're on a roll you know steve
0: you know that uh, you, you said a couple of things that really resonated with me there, and I, and because I can see it not only in my own life but as I look at other people in other situations, the analogy of the, you know, looking at your reflection in the mirror and saying, "Oh, my hair's messed up," and reaching into the illusion to try to fix it. Yeah, can fix the illusion, right? You know, you have to. It has to start from within. You got to fix it right here. I like that. And I really, really like that responsibility.
1: That was clever. You know, <laughs> and the reason you can't lose anything, and this is a whole nother, whole nother rabbit hole. There's no such thing as time. So, you know, that's some of the stuff that, that, that I cover in the It's It is about belief platform and, and training. And if there's no time, then everything exists. So, Everything exists. So if you're what you're seeing, it exists. There's not you can't fix it. Yeah. How can you fix something that is already here?
2: So you know what I'm going to looking do? out
1: there. You're just looking at the past. That's it.
0: Know I'm going to put do? a link into your um, your free manifesting partners program. Okay. So for all you guys okay. that are listening, you know there's a free program that Steve has. It's a three day program called we call it the MPP program or the manifesting partners (laughs) program. And it's to manifest partners, but really it's applicable to pretty much anything, anything you want to manifest. It's the beginning. It's, it's a very basic building block, but I think that it's important for people to kind of go through. And if you want more, Steve can work with you to train you there, but is it okay, Steve, if I, if I give them that program?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm gonna put a link in there. You can give it to him. Yeah, I'm gonna put a link in yes, the description. Please, uh, it. Do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna put a link in the description. So and it's free, guys. It's free. He's giving this away for free. So uh I wanna thank you for that, Steve. And and you know what guys? This is I just wanted to kind of touch base on what we're gonna talk about in real estate three sixty. And we're gonna have we're gonna take a bit of a a holistic approach, if you will, this season because it's the, the foundation isn't just about the stuff you need to put in place out there in your business. It's also about what you need to put in here and how you need to to, to, to vibrate or, or or align yourself with the vibration of the moment, more importantly. So I know that might to some of you sound kinda hokey, but from someone who's recently been experiencing it, I uh, you know, it's However you roll with it, you gotta gotta try to roll with it. So take that course that Steve is offering. We're gonna talk about these things periodically throughout uh, this, your belief systems actually matter. What you believe and how you perceive things matter, right? It goes to what Steve was talking about with the reflection,
1: you know. Hey, what you said, if you don't mind me jumping in. Yeah. You said these things really matter, right? Absolutely. Think about that word. These things that you think about really matter. They create matter. They manifest. So if the clues are all around. I feel like a hippie. Like I should be there.
2: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so that's what we're going to do with Real Estate 360, and we're going to give you all these building blocks and make this thing happen. And I got to tell you, we have landed Steve, our first major sponsor, and I got to give the sponsor a shout out. We have landed our first major sponsor, and that is none other than Real Estate 360. Thank you, Real Estate 360, for your sponsorship. We are, of course, Real Estate 360, here to offer you all the educational, tutorial, and mentorship needs that you make. Click the link in the description, and we'll share with you our free programs and educational products and services. We wanna make sure that you do well. It doesn't matter if you're just getting started or you've been involved in real estate for a long time and you're trying to figure out how you can navigate your way through this whole mess that is what this economy that we're going through. We're gonna to talk to you about marketing, how you can do it better, how you can add three to five more deals to your plate or more, depending on how you wanna go about it, how you can scale your business, how to raise private capital. You know, what do you save? What do you offer? What do you do? We do all these things internally. So thank you to Real Estate 360 and to us as the owners of Real Estate 360 for Sponsor. Listen, if we can't if we don't believe in ourselves, how can we expect anyone else to, right? So thank you guys. Make sure you share this podcast with everyone else. This is Jason Miles and Mr. Steve Conley. Thank you so very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And uh we look forward My to working pleasure. with you guys. And please guys, make sure you hit that link to that free manifesting partners program below. It is in the description. You're gonna love it. You get a video every day so you have time to process it and implement it in your life. And they're not crazy long, you know, hour long videos. These are things that you can literally put in place within minutes, minutes and start to change the way you think, feel and see the world from within. This is your man, Jason Miles for Real Estate 360 and Steve Conley for Real Estate 360
2: slash It's About Belief. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so very much,